Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached Word of God in agreement to the Scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Today for our church family, this is our Commitment Sunday. We as a church for many years now have pledged for our building fund and for our missions offering. And so uh, we have done this, and God has blessed this effort beyond our wildest imagination. I'll talk a little bit more in detail about that in just a moment. But it has been your faithfulness in giving. It has been your commitment to giving that has allowed us to be able to do what we've been able to do as a church. And uh, we try to be very, very wise in everything that we do. And uh, I'm sure that that would, you know, we have multiple personalities here. And so I'm sure that everyone's definition of wisdom would not be the same. But we have tried to be very prudent in what we are doing here as a church. I sat down early on as our economy began to be laced with such uncertainty. And I talked to them many, many, many months in a row in our meetings about how that we need to be wise. We need to be smart with what we're doing. We don't want to just throw good money at bad money. At the same time, we don't want ministries and programs of our church just to run aground. We're going to trust God and believe God. So let's be prudent. Let's do our part. Let's do everything that we can. Uh, you know, you don't have to spend $10,000 to have fun. Amen. You don't have to do that. You can, and uh, that seemed like nothing to some of y'all, but I'm just talking about... Uh, <laughs> But uh, let's be prudent, let's, but let's, above all, let's keep the ministries of our church bullion and let's keep them in operation. And you know what? Uh, they, have been, they have been so wise and kind that they were beforehand. I don't want to leave any, any negative impression. They were beforehand always very, very uh, conscientious about what uh, th they were budgeting for, for various programs. But uh, I appreciate our leadership. I thank them very, very much. I want to say this. While... Um, I'm thankful to be a part of a giving church, and I have mentioned this many times through the years. I want to also in, I want to in, include this statement, and not to offend anyone here, but I want you to understand something: the value and the validity of what we're doing. Just because you belong or attend a giving church does not, by default, make you individually a giver. And so when we talk about what we gave to missions, woo, glory to God. But you need to ask yourself, am I participating in this? Am I helping this? And so I don't want to just ride the wave of somebody else, but I want to make sure that I'm doing what I can for the cause of the kingdom. Amen. Now, I've always said, and I will say it again this Sunday, that it is not what you give because this is not a contest. And we don't ever announce what anybody gives. We don't say, oh, this, this one gave that one, this one gave that one, that, because that is between you and the Lord. Amen. But what we do, what we, what we do say is this. It's not what you give, but it's that you give. And everybody can give something. Amen. Now, let's just be honest. Everybody can give something. 
And so we're just asking you to give something. When you think about what it costs just to pull into a convenience store and buy a bag of chips and a drink or a pack of peanuts and a candy bar, uh, you know, we don't walk up there and ask how much they are. We just walk up to the counter and we set it down and whatever they tell us, that's what we pay. How many of you have ever been in an airport? Nobody have been in the airport. How many of you have ever been in the airport? <laughs> See, Manetti, make sure I, the monitor's on, but are the house speakers on? How many of you have ever bought anything to eat or drink in an airport? Okay, you probably fussed about it. You probably said, great, goodness, $3 for a water? Well, all right. We paid the price anyway. Amen. And so, uh, you, you know, it's just classic. You start talking about giving and money and people just... <laughs> I've been announcing this as Commitment Sunday. You should have known what we were going to talk about today. Amen. So don't be offended, but uh, let the Spirit of God help us and touch us and strengthen us now. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. I think the sign of a weak church is a church that gets quiet when you start talking about giving because giving is a part of our worship. Amen. So this is not time to get quiet and tight and squirrely. Amen. This is a time to say, Lord, I want you to touch our hearts and anoint us together. Our ushers are coming right now and they're going to pass out um, our commitment cards and these are kind of one per family or if you do something, if you do that differently within the own confines of your family, that's your business, but generally one per family. And so if you would take one of those if you'd like and, and uh, we've asked you to be in prayer prior to now of what you would give, what you would commit into 2015 and uh, we realize that things happen, amen. We want everybody to take it serious. I wanna take my own personal commitment serious but we know things can happen. And so don't, don't for fear of some pending storm in your life in the future of 2015, don't for fear of that not participate today because you don't know what you act by faith what God will help you to do. Amen. Now there's testimonies by the dozens that are in this house right here just through the last few years of our commitment program of how God has moved on people's behalf, entire families. And so we cannot outgive God. There is the world economy. There's our national economy, our state economy, our own local community and its, its economy. But let me tell you something. There's also God's economy. Yeah. Amen. And in God's economy, he said, you know what? You just do this. He didn't say do this as long as everything's all right. But he said, do this, just do it. And when you do it, I will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you'll not be able to contain. Now, unless the Lord has just supernaturally spoke to you, I, I just ask you to hold on to those cards and, and uh, fill them out as we move along in this service. Amen. And, and, and ask God to touch you today in the fear of the Lord. I'm excited about what the Lord has done. I am, I am truly excited about where we have been. I'm excited about where we are but I can't even begin to tell you how I feel about our future. Yeah. And, I, and with that, I ask God to strengthen and touch us today. Now, today is a very special day for, uh, for this church, and it's a special day for my family because 26 years ago today, 26 years ago today was on Wednesday. 
And 26 years ago today, I stepped behind this pulpit and preached my very first message as a pastor of this church. When Jackie, Justin, and I arrived, we were filled with dreams about what God could and what we felt like he would do with this church. To be sure, we were obviously standing upon the shoulders of some very faithful people that had preceded us. And so we are not at all under any delusion that what you see here today is the end result of the last 26 years or the last end result of just one ministry that has served this church. Nothing could be further from the truth. By the time, by the time we really arrived, nearly five decades of commitment had been poured into the bedrock of this church. And so one thing was very apparent to me, and I've said this many times through the years, one thing that was very apparent to me when I got here was this one central truth, and this one central truth helped me to stay very, very balanced and has kept me even through the 26 years. This, that central thought was this. They had, this church had church 48 years without me. That's pretty apparent they didn't need me. Amen. I don't think you follow where I'm going with this. God could have done it without me. But I'm so thankful that he allowed us to be woven into the fabric of what is going on. Now, I believe the Lord called and sent us here. And I believe that we have been brought together for such a time as this. I believe that. And I, I'm thankful for the commitment that had been poured into this church. Everybody take a deep breath. I got a long way to go and I'm not, I'm not going one step further with it tight. Amen. <laughs> I think some of you thought that I was getting ready to announce that we're leaving. That's not what I meant. And so I, I'm sure that settles some. That may upset a few, but that settles some. <laughs> settles some. But uh, it, was, it was obvious to me that, that 48 years this church had been in existence, God had been with them, and, uh, and, and he, didn't, he didn't need us to push them that far. And so God, if we had said no, if we had done something else, you know what? The church wouldn't have folded up. It would have been going right on, right on. Amen. So, but I'm, and the reason for that is because there was a bedrock of faithfulness that was laid. Not just the commitment of Carl and Maddie Tumman. They could have never established a church without faithful people. And so there were faithful people that were here Amen. They began to work on that that, was, that God had established, that seed that had already been planted. Now, these were not just ordinary people. They were faithful people. These were men and women that had committed themselves to the message of the mighty God in Christ. These were men and women that didn't just amen the pastor while he was preaching, but when service was over, when they blew out the lanterns, they walked out and lived what had just been preached. Amen. They had... They, had, they were living by what had been taught. They fell in love with the message of the apostles' doctrine. They fell in love with holiness, teaching, and preaching. Amen, I'm thankful for that because they were followers of the Lord and because they were faithful followers of the Lord. When we came along, we didn't have to figure out where the path was. When we came along, we didn't have to have a machete to try to chop down all the weeds, but somebody had a clear-cut path that says this is the way that will lead you to life eternal. This past Friday night, I was privileged to be, uh, Brother Gibson and I were privileged to be a part of the one-year anniversary for Michael and Samantha Gira. They're one of the newest 
home missionaries in our section. They're starting a church in Middleburg, in Middleburg, Florida. It was their one-year anniversary. As I sat there in that service, I thought about that one-year anniversary. What a time of celebration to have that behind them. We were in a, a, a storefront building, a little small area, and I don't mean that in a, in a negative way, but just a small building, a little group of people. We were sitting there shoulder to shoulder, and uh, what, a, what an exciting time. And I was, I was encouraged, and I'm sure Brother Gear was encouraged because there were so many other home missionary pastors that were there. You know why? Because those home missions pastors get it. They understand. They understand what... What it's all about. And so I sat there thinking about that one anniversary service, and then I kind of contrasted that against this year's. For us as a church, we will celebrate our 75th anniversary service. So 75 years ago, 74 years ago, somebody around this church was warming their hands over the celebration of a one-year anniversary. And they never dreamed, perhaps in their heart, they had a lot of hope and a lot of faith, but they never could probably never imagine where God was really going to take this church and that 75 years later, we would still be here in existence. And so everybody has to start somewhere, and we have a rich history. I mentioned my wife and I a moment ago, and so while Jackie and I were eminently aware of the history of this church, and while we could certainly appreciate the history of this church, we came to this desk more concerned about its future than its history. 26 years ago today, I stepped to this pulpit with the determination in my heart to always look forward. I'm thankful for our past. I am eternally indebted to those in our past, but if I tried to pastor this church from this vantage point and just talked about where we've been and all the things that God has done, we would only have their stories to tell. We would only have, we would only have their history to bathe ourselves in, and so I'm determined to face this way. I'm determined to face you and say, I'm thankful for where we've been, but I'm determined to look forward into what God has for us. I'm determined to do that. We began to cast visions and preach things that we felt that God wanted done in this church and that God would do uh, with our help. And so without a doubt, we were casting visions and sharing dreams and, and uh, some of those dreams coincided with the very dreams that you had as well. And so with God's help, we have been able to accomplish a lot of things in the last 26 years. However, there remains a lot to be done. There is little doubt that the task at hand is overwhelming at times. When I begin to think, I, I like to look forward and sometimes I got to rein my forward in because when I start dreaming so far ahead, sometimes I can find my heart beating a little tight in my chest wondering, slow down, slow down, slow down. But I wanna keep looking forward. I, I think that, uh, I, I think when, when we consider what we can only do by ourselves, it is an overwhelming task. But when we can so clearly see the hand of God upon the ministries of this church, I know and we know that he will lead and guide us as we march triumphantly through 2015. 18 days ago, we stepped over the threshold of this new year. It was certainly an empty page that was just awaiting us to fill in all the blanks. And so that's where we are today. Our plan for 2015 is just like the plan, much like the plan, I should say, of 2014 or 13 or 12 or on and on and on. And that is to follow the path that has been so clearly put before us. Through the arm of Sunday School and Children's Ministry, we intend 
to continue to minister to the youth and to the children of this church. Now, I'm gonna tell you something about our, our children's ministry in Sunday school. You know, that's a ministry that's sometimes shrouded by everything else because it takes place many times simultaneously to our Sunday services and our Wednesday service. And so by and large, we're not able as a church to really see what's going on there. But I'm gonna tell you that there is a very vibrant power and the work and the word of God and the work of God that is going on in our Sunday school. As a matter of fact, um, Peyton, come here for a minute. When I got through preaching Wednesday night, when I got, I'm really running a risk here because I haven't discussed this with Peyton. (laughs) So now it's, it's sink or swim time for me and you both here, bud. But when I got through preaching Wednesday night, I stepped down off the platform and I was standing right about here and I felt a tug on my jacket. And, and I looked down and it was, it was Mr. P here. And, uh, and so he said, he said uh, Brother Boyd, if you have just a minute. I had all night. At that moment, I had all night. And do you remember what you shared with me Wednesday? Well, it was about the seed. Um, Speak right here. It was about the seed. So, um, f- some people they pick they pick the bad places to stay, and they really just don't really care about God. Some people, the first time they really care about God, then they just get off on the wrong track. And some people they really love God and they stay where they need to be. And that represents all the seed. Amen. Amen. Now, some of you who were not here Wednesday or even some of you who were here Wednesday, that's what I preached on Wednesday. (laughs) I'm going, well, that's cute. What was he talking about? (laughs) What I'm telling you is our young people, they're getting it. They're listening. They're listening. And so when I got through preaching, Peyton come down and explained to me all of those seeds and all the ground and, and, and why some seeds survived and one, why some died and one, why some was stolen away. My heart was touched. And so I'm gonna tip my hat, not only to our Sunday school ministry and our, and, our, and our children's church ministry, but I'm thankful that they've got people working with them at home. Amen. I'm sure missionary Maul Maul was doing her job there. And, uh, <laughs> and, and that's where some of that came from. But I'm gonna tell you, Thank God for our children's ministry. Through the arm of men's ministry, we desire with all of our heart to see our men reach their fullest potential. Not to just get up every day and go make a living and put bread on the table and not just to make sure that their children have clothes on their back, but we wanna make sure our men are godly men and spiritual men. Amen, that they are men that are, that are even-tempered men, not just a bunch of ill-tempered guys that, that whenever, when, you know, the whole day is going fine for mom and the children until you get home. And then when you get home, everybody's day is miserable because daddy come home. The Bible says that men of God, we need to lift our hands without wrath and doubting. Am I in the book? Amen. So we don't need a bunch of ill-tempered men. The world's got them. You got the Holy Ghost. And I don't care what your last name is and I don't care who your grandfather was or who your daddy was. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you've got a new nature if you'll tap into it. 
Amen, as long as you use that generic license or that DNA genetic license, as long as you use that DNA license, you'll never be a changed man. But we want our men to be changed and to reach their fullest potential. Amen, let the Lord and let the church say amen. amen. And so they're gonna do that by not only the things that we do locally here, but the men's ministries that we heard about our men's conference and, and then our faithful support to our ladies' ministries. Our intentions are for that to stay on track every year and oh how our ladies are challenged and, and what a great time they have, not just at other events in our district, but right here in our own church. And I'm thankful for the leaders of these two departments and how, and how diligently they work to make sure that our men and our, and our ladies have something to grow on and to build on. To the ladies, by your faithfulness and giving your support, we are able to support Mother's Memorial. This means that missionary families will continue to receive appliances and missionaries' children will also continue to have the opportunity have, to have a better education in a third world country. Many times that's a tremendous challenge for them to get the education that they need. But your faithfulness and giving helps make that possible. Your faithfulness makes it possible for the youth of this church to produce, to, for the youth of this church to participate in one of five camps throughout the summer. Two that are sponsored by our Sunday school department. Uh, that's ages nine through 12 and three of them that are sponsored through our, our youth department ages 13 to 19. And uh, I heard the number, uh, I heard the number on Monday night of how many children received the Holy Ghost uh, this year in our Sunday school camps alone. And it was just staggering. And I'm excited about that. I, I don't want to repeat this wrong, but I think it was somewhere around it was somewhere around 58 children that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the first time, for the very first time in their life at Sunday school camp, ages 9, 10, and 11. So they're old enough to build on that. And so every year we effectively touch the hearts of young people here and around the world through our support of Sheaves for Christ. And, and as you've heard often, the youth of the United Pentecostal Church supply vehicles to all of our foreign missionaries as well as, and as, well as many, many other needs. We talk about appliances and we talk about cars, but, but these ministries fund much, much, much more than that. In 2013, uh, the General Youth Division saw nearly 20,000 people come together for North American Youth Congress in, in Louisville, Kentucky, and that conference set an all-time record for the United Pentecostal Church International in, in its attendance. And so the money that we're investing in, in Seeds for Christ is not being wasted. It, it is not being thrown away. At the close of each year, uh, we have the opportunity to help evangelize and then disciple our own country by our giving to Christmas for Christ. This past January the 21st, just about four Sundays ago, we received a tremendous offering in our Sheets for Christ 2000, or Christmas for Christ 2015. We took what you had given in the, in the envelopes. We took that. And because we had some money in our missions account, we were able to add to what you gave and, and, uh, and send $5,000 in for our Christmas for Christ offering to our missionaries. You did that. You did that. Amen. Amen. Now that was a record that was a record Christmas for Christ offering for us as a church. And so I'm excited about that. I'm excited that somebody 
that somebody had a vision and said, you know what, I think we could do $5,000. And you know what, we were able to do that. And so on behalf of our North American missionaries, I want to say thank you. This past Friday night, I was standing in a church. Brother Gibson and I were standing in a church that, that, that Christmas for Christ money helped put them there. Amen. One of the pastors that was there, Brother Brandon Childress, who started a brand new work in St. Augustine, he was there. He is in St. Augustine in a building that Christmas for Christ, your Christmas for Christ offering helped allow them to be where they are. And so these offerings are not just being taken up and pilfered away, and there's not somebody on a yacht right now. Amen. Amen. Somewhere... There's nobody on a yacht somewhere in, 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 the, in, the, in the islands. Well, Brian and Terry's there in the, in the islands on a ship today, but <laughs> they're not doing that with Christmas for Christ money. I hope they're not doing that with Christmas. Brother Allen, if you would, you and Brittany look into that for me. And uh, I just kind of got to thinking about that as we're speaking. I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little unction there, so you might want to look closely into that. But we are giving, and, and that money is going to work. That, and, and as you know, great percentages of that money, money 40 and 50% of that money, and they all vary from different funds, but 40 to 50% of all of these funds stay right here in our district. And so they are there, the campground that helps support the campground and the things that we do there. And so on behalf of all of our North American missionaries and all of our global missionaries, I want to say thank you because your, she's for, your Christmas for Christ offering, that was the last offering of our calendar year, brought our giving as a church for 2015 to right at $48,500 for missions. Wow. That's what we did. Amen. We ought to celebrate that. We ought to celebrate that. Amen. I believe I'm right, Sister Donna. That's a, that's a record often for us in missions as well. And so I'm thankful for that. We have, uh, we have been very, very blessed. Now, I'm gonna just pause right here because here's one of the notes I wrote myself. Please don't ever think for one moment that if we had not sent uh, this $48,000 to missions that we'd just have $48,000 to ourselves, because that's not how that works. Amen. The reason we have $48,000 to send to missions is because you gave $48,000 for us to send to missions. And so the minute that we start turning off the faucet, that's what the Lord does. He just starts turning off the faucet. And so if you want to go back to poor days, well, then you just stop giving. Amen. I said I wasn't going to go any further if it keeps getting tight. Amen, but, if that, but we control that. We control that because with the same measure that you give it out, the same measure that I'll give that back in. So don't let a Judas spirit get in your mind. Don't let a Judas spirit get in your heart and say, well, we could have done this, we could have done that. Let me tell you that we are doing what God has called us to do and because of that, our efforts are reaching around the world. Around, isn't that exciting? <laughs> That's exciting. Amen, I want you to think about this with me, and I've brought this out the last several years, but all of this has taken place, a lot of this has taken place during uncertain economic times. Amen, but you know what? We haven't talked about money at all throughout the year. This is the day we talk about that. I may mention it here and there. Uh, yeah, I, I'm afraid that if I get to heaven, the one thing I'm gonna really be in trouble about is for not doing this enough. And that's the truth. Paul apologized. Paul apologized to the church for not talking about it enough. 
And so I'm going to maybe sound like Paul here today and apologize for not talking about it enough. But all of this happened, all of this has taken place and has taken place during some economic uncertainty. But we haven't, we haven't just beat you over the head about this. We just presented the need and you have given. But again, I want to say we have given as a church, but you've got to ask yourself, am I a participant? Do I, give, do I pay my tithes? Do I give to missions? Do I give to the building fund? Do I give to our general fund? Amen, our general fund, that's what keeps the lights on. Amen. And so while we're working over here and while we're doing over here and while we're trying to prepare for our future, don't let the lights go out. <laughs> Amen. And so let the Spirit of God touch your heart and help us. Amen. We want the Spirit of God to, keep, to, to help us. We have, we have just presented the vision together, and you have faithfully presented this. Now, uh, many, if not all of these efforts would fall in the street if it were up to us individually. Uh, we couldn't do that much on our own. There's not one family here that could just do that much on our own. Uh, we would never have the manpower to take on all these projects on our own, the finance, or we would never have the manpower to do uh, all of these ministries. But by working as a team, we're able to accomplish all of this thing and while all of this was going on, we're not just trying to build churches overseas and we're not just trying to build churches in Florida or we're not just trying to build churches around North America. But while all this is going on, we're still building successfully Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Amen. So we're working diligently to increase the effectiveness of the ministries within our church. Our in-reach department, amen, is just what it says, in-reach. It, it meets the needs and ministers to the needs of the membership of Hatchbend Apostolic Church through our care teams. We, want, we monitor the well-being of our church, how, our, how families are doing, and, and those things are reported back to the right, uh, to the people that need to know, whether that's me or somebody else. Our new bridge ministry goes into the homes of our church members that are temporarily or maybe even permanently shut in and uh, those that miss corporate services and they go to them and encourage them and, and, uh, and share some of the word of God and have prayer with them. And now uh, we have an extension, uh, an extended ministry that's, that's even going beyond that, that, that when people are shut in and, and can't do some literal things, some cooking or cleaning or doing some outside chores. I was looking I was looking over that sheet, not name for name, but I just glanced at that sheet uh, yesterday and I thought, my, how, how blessed we are that men would say, I'll, I'll, I'll put my name here. And these ladies are saying, I'll, I'll put my name here because you never know when somebody of our own family is gonna need somebody to just help them. Amen, have you ever just needed your lawn cut and you couldn't cut it? I mean, you need your lawn cut every Saturday if you live in Florida except during the winter or every week if you live in Florida. And so we always, but when you couldn't do it and somebody just showed up to do those things for you, that's happened to me and it's a very humbling thing. Our outreach ministries, we've heard a lot about that. We minister to the hurting where we reach outside of the walls of this church. And then we also have a department that we call our upreach department because while our, our uh, leadership is reaching out and while they're reaching in and while they're giving of themselves, I don't want them as their pastor and shepherd to run dry. I don't want them uh, to give so much of themselves that they never have anything themselves brought back. And so we have an upreach department. And so through the upreach department, we minister to the leadership of Hatchman Apostolic Church through meetings and through guest speakers. And often when we have guest speakers, we, I have them uh, in a breakout session. Just sit down and talk to our leadership. Sit down and talk to the ministry of our church. Why? Because while they're given to others, we don't want this to go lacking. 
Amen. Our student ministries are working to increase their overall effectiveness by having the youth participate in all kinds of sectional district things, attending training seminars, exposing themselves to leaders that are, that are greater than they are. Amen. They have a great challenge on their hands, a great challenge because the world that we live in is seeking desperately to destroy young lives. They, along with our Sunday school and children's ministry, have made strides this year to improve their serve as they endeavor to change the lives of young people. Now listen, and I've mentioned this before, but you can't mention this too often. Their challenge is greater today than it has ever been in our history. Hear me. They are working with a generation of children, many of which do not have spiritual support at home. They have no support at home. They're not going home with parents that's going to follow up and stand behind the Sunday school teacher and and say, yes, this is right. Let me show you this and let me expound on this. They're not going home with parents that are going to do that. And uh, many of our uh, our children are are guests of of others and so they come to our church. And so we've got a real task on our hands to minister to them. Another exciting ministry that we started in 2014 was our Spanish ministry. On the second and fourth Sunday evenings at 6 p.m., we now have our own HAC Spanish service. I would like to thank Brother Tim Trail and Sister Terry Trail in their absence today, but for and, and to all of those that have worked so diligently with them and their passion and burden to help get this ministry established. As a matter of fact, Brother Braxton is sitting back today, and, and uh, he is doing our interpret. He is interpreting what I'm saying, and uh, or at least he's trying. <laughs> I, I, I'm probably giving him a good workout right here. <laughs> And so when you see Brother Tim or Sister Terry sitting back there or Brother Braxton sitting back there with that microphone, uh, they're not back there just doing their own thing, but they're interpreting for our Spanish that cannot understand everything that's going on. We want them to get everything they can. Amen. So I, 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 don't, I don't just work with, the, they don't just work with the Spanish constituency on these two Sundays a month. As I said, they are, every service, they're back there helping them get a bigger slice of the pie. And uh, I'm telling you that I, I'm so humble. I'm so humbled by this ministry because I've lived long enough to see that what God had given me a vision. We had, we had not been here very long at all, just, uh, just a little time, maybe a few weeks or a few months. And Brother Gibson, I was alone in the church and I was walking all across the building and I was praying. Many of you heard me tell this story several times, but I was praying and I was just kind of lost in the spirit. And when I was standing right about here, I just turned into this empty building and just for a, just for a moment of time, God gave me a vision of this church and it was filled to capacity, but it wasn't just filled but it was filled with people of different races. And I was thinking 25 years ago or 25 and a half years ago, I was like, wow. I mean, I didn't know what to think about that. I didn't know how to kind of assimilate that all into my thought process. But I'm gonna tell you, it's something that I have never forgotten. And I knew that it was a God moment. It just was just a split second. And the Lord has never, ever spoken to me about that again. He's never come up beside me, put his arm around me and said, you know about that day? No, no, no. He just gave me a glimpse and you know what? I am so honored and I'm so humbled. I'm so thankful. Amen. I'm glad. I'm glad that we stayed together long enough for the Lord to help us see that come to pass. 
Amen. I don't think it's over. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think it's over. And you know why? I really couldn't understand that then because at that particular time, this area had very, very few, if any, Spanish people that were living, Spanish-speaking people that were living here. And so, so that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me then. But you see, God knew the future and he knew what was coming. And so I'm going to tell you that I'm going to hold on to that. Are you all right? Amen. I knew that God, what God was, what was, was God knew what was coming. And so he just gave me a glimpse and allowed me to see that. Since January of 2006, we set, reset the goals of this church and we focused our, made our focus on the overall commission of the Great Commission, or the overall mission, rather, of the Great Commission. And that is found in Acts 15 and 14 to take out of the Gentiles a people for his name. That's what we're trying to do. And so we're just reaching out into the world, pulling out Gentiles unto his name. Gentiles unto his name. Eight years ago, we became more focused uh, in an effort for the cause of missions, both at home and abroad. In the last few years, you've heard me share this year after year, we've had the privilege of helping build five churches on foreign soil. These people either had no building or they had inadequate facilities to have church from Guatemala to Guyana, Malaysia, and the Dominican Republic. And you know what? We didn't just send money, but we sent money and we sent men. Amen. I want to ask all the men that's ever been on an overseas trip for any of these things. Stand real quickly. Don't hesitate. Come on, pop up. Amen. Stand real quick. The men that are here today, there's more men. Some of them are out here. They're absent this morning. Thank you. And you may be seated. These men put their hands to the plow. Amen. We've had the opportunity to join efforts in building an orphanage that we've been talking about for the last several years where some of the thousands of homeless children in Guatemala will find refuge. As a matter of fact, Brother Daryl Townsend will be leaving for Guatemala. In just a few days, on the 35th, 31st of this month uh, through the 6th of, of uh, February, and they're going to work on finishing the Florida home. They're going to finish the Florida home. A year ago, ironically, a year ago this Sunday, we were getting ready to send Brother Toby in just a few days from then to go over there and work as well. And so the goal this time is to finish the Florida house and have it ready to receive children soon. Now, this has been an overwhelming task, and just a formidable mountain but it all started with a dream and that dream has become a reality. You've heard us say this, but for the sake of those who've never heard this, during one of our district men's conference, when they presented the idea of building the first home uh, on this orphanage and calling it the Florida home, uh, during that men's conference, men just got up. Some of you men were there. Men just got up and just started walking down front and laying money on the platform without anybody even prompting them to do that and within just a few moments time and, and I did remember the minutes but in just a few moments time enough money was raised right then and right there to build and pay for the Florida home amen I'm thankful to be a part of things like that But we needed more than money. We had the money to build the home, but now we needed some strong backs. Amen. We needed men that had strong minds that would go over there and figure out how to do this. And I'm so thankful for that. And I'm just going to tell you, I want to applaud the men of this church. And if you think I'm crowing here just a moment, I'm crowing for somebody else because I can't take any credit for this. If you see the things that I build, you'd have lots and lots and lots of pity. <laughs> I get it square eventually. <laughs> I get it right after a while. 
But we've got some very qualified men. And you know what? These efforts, I've heard many times from some of the overseers of these programs that say, you know what? We don't want to make a trip without some guys from Hatchby and Apostolic Church going because those men, not only do they know what they're doing, but they're workers. They, are, they, are, they get after it. And so our men, in short order, we applaud you. We applaud you. We applaud you. Amen. And so we are fulfilling the great commission in this effort to minister to the homeless. Of course, this is not a single-handed effort. This is not just Hatchman Apostolic Church going over there. We're part of a great network of many other churches within the United Pentecostal Church International. In addition to the literal working of building churches overseas and at home, we support every month. We support some 30 missionary families uh, right here out of this church. Amen. We, have, we host multiple mission services through the years. I'm telling you, we're blessed. We're blessed. You know what? There's no way to measure what happened. No way to measure measure what happened when one day I'm not sure how it all played out but maybe one day just sitting around the dinner table a woman said to her husband you know what that preacher that keeps coming by we need to build a room for him we need to build a place that he can come in and stay I'm going to tell you I believe that heaven camped out around that house that's what I believe just because they said we're going to build a room they didn't build a Taj Mahal it was very simple it was very it was it was very simply decorated and furnished but you know what because they said we're going to look out for the man of God. I believe the blessings of God came upon that house and that family. As a matter of fact, we know that it did in a literal sense. But I'm here today to tell you that there's no telling. We cannot measure what God is doing for this church just because we said we can and we will. A few years ago, the Lord spoke to my heart in prayer. And if I have ever heard from God, I know I'm not I'm not somebody that gets up and says, every day God told me this and God told me that. And, and you know, me and, me and God don't have coffee every morning. I ain't had coffee with anybody in two weeks. <laughs> I think coffee's come up a few times, hasn't it? And them donuts, that, that came up a while ago. But I'm telling you that, that the Lord, if I've ever heard from the Lord, the Lord spoke to my heart in prayer. And he said, if you will help build churches for others when it comes time, I will help you when it comes time to build the church here. Yes. Amen. And so when that time comes to build, I believe that God is going to make sure that we have exactly what we need. You know why? Because we faithful. We have been doing that year after year after year after year after year. And I'm holding on to that unchanging promise of God for our future. I'm thankful to announce that we have, uh, we, we have done great. We've been very blessed in our building fund. However, that is something that I'm saving for another day. And you're going to be hearing about more about that in the future. And so for the sake of time, I'm going to move on. I said a moment ago that we reset our goals as a church and focused on our overall mission, which is the Great Commission, taken out of the Gentiles of people for his name. In 2006, we expanded our outreach ministry, and every Sunday afternoon, without fail, we have services in local nursing homes, assisted living facilities. On August the 16th, 2009, we started our jail and prison ministry, and now we have services and Bible studies every Sunday afternoon, and then on Thursday, uh, every other Thursday night, both Lafette County and Swanee County jails and prisons have someone from our church that, that multiple times a week that are teaching men and women about the difference that God can make in their lives. At Mayo Correctional, we have between 150 and 170 men that attend these services on the first 
first, on the third, and on the fifth Sunday afternoons. And I'm going to tell you, you have never heard. What was the song we just sang a while ago? He's uh, uh, stolen my heart. Yes, you have. Stolen my heart. Yes, you have. Now, you guys sounded good, and don't be offended about what I'm fixing to say. But when I heard that song being uh, sang a moment ago, I had to walk over to Brother Jerry, and I said, you know, every time I hear that song, that was one of the first songs we taught those men. And so every time I hear that song, I hear those 150 baritone voices that are saying, you have stolen my heart. Yes, you have. You've stolen my heart. Yes, you have. And so, man, they didn't know what to think when we showed up. You hear me? They didn't have no idea. I mean, they stared at us like a cow looking at a new gate for a long time, man. They, we, we don't know what to think about these guys, but we just kept clapping our hands. And I remember, never will forget one of the first services that me and Brother Jerry went to. And, and uh, so we said, let's all pray. And so men, you know, they were all standing there. Me and Brother Jerry just started praying. One guy raised his hand. He said, man, I can't even understand what's going on. Everybody's talking at the same time. I said, that's... <laughs> I said, that's all right. You'll catch on. It's all, it's all going to be all right. He wasn't trying to be critical. He just had never seen Pentecost. <laughs> he had never seen Pentecostal or heard Pentecostal people pray. We were just praying. We just got after it. Amen. And so uh, now we have these services and Bible studies every Sunday afternoon at Swanee Correctional uh, on the second and the fourth Sundays. They have between 85 and 90 men that attend these services on the second and fourth Sunday, and that attendance has doubled since last year. Amen. They have been doing a tremendous job, as Brother uh, Jerry mentioned that a moment ago. Sister Baggett gave me a report from, her, from the jail ministry at Swanee. County Jail, 30, in 2014, 33 ladies were baptized, three filled with the Holy Ghost, two received the Holy Ghost as they were being baptized, and one received the Holy Ghost in her jail cell. I'm telling you that God can and God will. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Amen. Now, here's what all this means. This means that every week we are touching the lives of as many, and oftentimes we're touching the lives of more people outside of these four walls than we are within these four walls. So are we planning on stopping all this nonsense? Nope. No way. No way, because we're touching the lives of people that cannot get to us, so we're going to them. Since this has begun, we have baptized close to 70 men in the precious name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sin, in addition to the regular church services, which are wonderful. I'm telling you, uh, Brother Jerry and these men and Brother, Brother Bobby Gibson and these men have raised up their own praise teams, their own musicians. Brother Kevin would go on Saturdays and teach these men our Pentecostal song, worship songs, and they would learn them on Saturday, the Saturday before we were going there on Sunday. They've developed their own musicians. Am I, they developed their own praise teams, and so they just go and sit back and let these men lead their service. Amen. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Developing, developing men. Developing men. Some of our men are also teaching mentoring classes that are centered on the Bible. Amen. Much of this curriculum, we have been allowed to write ourselves. Amen. And we've been able to, to, uh, to, to put whatever in there we want to put in there to share our doctrine with them. We have 16 men currently from this church that are approved 
uh, volunteer chaplains to participate in this ministry. Apostolic, Holy Ghost filled men mentoring men. Amen. Some of these men are literally mentoring them by teaching lessons and other men just go with those that are teaching to just be there to help mentor and teach by example, to shake their hand and teach them how to be a man. Amen. We have a group of men that are so faithful. Uh, amen. We have a group of, of great men that are so faithful that are wise and their children and their home and their church. And so they go there to help set an example for that. And so you can't get a better you can't get a better witness than somebody that's living it and somebody that's doing it. I've often said I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I've, I've used this illustration before, and, and uh, I often talk about Brother Everett just sort of kind of because of his vocation, but I think it's great that a man sitting down teaching a Bible study with other men uh, over a table, and, and when, when he picks up his Bible, when he picks up his Bible study chart, he's got grease under his fingernails. I kind of like that. I like the idea when Brother Jerry picks up his Bible and, and, and holds up his, his lessons that when he shakes those men's hand, they, they feel some calluses on those hands because they, they know these men didn't just get back from the spa. Ooh. I'm not saying these men have never been to a spa. Great, goodness, God help me out of this right now. I know what Elijah felt under that juniper tree. Lord, if you just take me out right now, probably things would be much better. No, I'm, I'm being serious though. I, they're shaking the hand of manly men. They're shaking the, the hand of men with bloodshot eyes. It's been up a long time, worked long hours, but they know what it's like. And so these are not just some... Uh, <laughs> They're, they're good men. They're good men that are going there. Man, somebody hand me a shovel and help me dig myself, dig myself out of this ditch. Brother Jerry mentions this a lot of times along the way. I want to just join him by saying this. This, this, is his, this is his line. I'm borrowing it. I'm stealing it from him. But I want to pause right now and thank the wives of the men that go and participate in these ministries because I know you could use them at home. You could probably use them to help with the children. You could help, and so that you're making sacrifices too. And so as Brother Jerry always says, we wanna thank you and thank you for allowing us to share your husbands and work. We're working hard not to just have church, we're working to be the church. Now I realize much of this you already know, but what you need to understand this morning is this, that the more we search for hurting people, the more we find. I'm just going to kind of ease over here by Brother Jerry, and he can just nod his head yes. We've got opportunities for ministries right now that we cannot obligate ourselves to because we don't have the help. That's the truth. That's the truth. Now, are you trying to guilt trip us? No. I'm just telling you that the needs, they're great. They're great, and they're there. They're right at our fingertips. And so there's hurting people that need what we have. As a matter of fact, Brother Bobby Gibson told me Friday night, Friday afternoon, that the warden has found out the, as what's going on at Swanee, and the warden met with a chaplain and wants our guys to be able to take music and things to people that cannot come out of their cells 
and come to the service. He said, I'd like for them, am I telling, repeating that? We'd like for them to go and be able to minister to these men. Amen, Brother Todd, you know, you, you know what a difficult thing that would be to get somebody into a close management situation like that. And so when the warden is impressed with what you're doing, these guys are not up there making trouble. They're not up there, we want it our way. Amen. We do, what, we do whatever they want to do. I've been sitting in services when whatever happens, you know, we're at their house. They're not at our house. We're at their house. And so we don't ever know what may be going on, you know. I mean, um, and so we've been, I, I know not long ago that, uh, that Brother Jerry was just up, pre- I mean, just got started preaching. And somebody walked in the door and looked at me and did this. That means wrap it up. I just looked at Brother Jerry, <laughs> wrap it up. And you know what? He, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't get all puffed up and blown out of shape, but he just closed his Bible and said, me and we've had a great time. And we just stood and moved right on. Amen. We've got some good men that are working these ministries. I spent way more time talking about that than I intended, but I'm thankful for it. Now, here's the question, and I say this in closing. We're going to have, the the question that we have, most of us know the the story of the Good Samaritan. And so here's the question that we all have to have. Are we going to have the attitude of the priest and the Levite? Are we going to see the beaten, the broken, and, and the lost? I'm not just talking about jail and prison ministry. I'm not just talking about nursing home ministry. Please let your mind out of that box. But are we going to see the lost and the undone? And are we going to step around them? Are we going to go the other way? I don't want to get involved. Or are we going to be like the Samaritan? Now listen, the Samaritan man was headed somewhere. He had an appointment. He wasn't out for a Sunday drive. He was doing something too. But when he saw the man beaten and broken, he took of his own oil, his own wine, and poured into the flesh and the wounds of that man. He put him on his own beast and he walked while the beaten man rode and he took him to an inn and took money out of his own pocket and paid. And he said, I'll let this cover as much as it will and I'm coming back through town and whatever bill is owed, when I get back, I will pay that bill. This man wasn't out just doing nothing and had time to do this. No. He was going somewhere too. And so we're going to I have to ask ourselves, am I going to be like the priest and the Levite or am I going to be like the Samaritan? Am I going to get involved? I'm going to have to get involved. You see, anybody can do the priest part. Anybody can play the role of the Levite and just walk on by. I've said this many times before. We need to let God change our mind. When it all comes down this morning, it comes down to this. We need God to direct our paths in 2015. And so I'm asking you today to ask God to lead you in how you would participate in something this year beyond maybe what you even feel like you have the natural ability to do. However, God can take full control of our lives and he can strengthen us and he'll honor what we commit ourselves to do. And so today I'm not asking you to invest in a pipe dream. I want to share this on purpose because I want you to know this is what we did last year. And I want you to know we're going to do that and even more this year. But we can only do that with your help. We can only do that if all of us get on board. And again, I'm going to say just because you attend a given church does not by default make you individually a giver. We've got to take a self-evaluation and say, am I even participating in this stuff?
And I'm going to say again, it's not what you give. It's that you give. And so ask the Lord to speak to your heart. I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask Brother Chris and our musicians that they will. They're going to come back. We're going to close our service with just a season of worship. Our ushers are going to come back, and they're going to receive your pledge cards this morning. And, and, uh, and we're just going to, by faith, we're going to just challenge our very future. We're going to challenge it with our faithfulness. We're going to challenge it with our dreams. I trust that you've prayerfully considered what God would help you to do this year. And so as our ushers come, I'm just going to ask us today to pray and believe God to strengthen us and touch us, help us, because, you know, the task before us is is daunting and it would be overwhelming if it were not for, it would be overwhelming overwhelming if it were not for the hand of God upon our lives. So would you close your eyes with us? Would you join us in prayer? I'm asking you today, God, to strengthen us by the power of your hand. Anoint the efforts, O God, of this church. Anoint us as a body that we would stand, that we would stand true, stand firm, stand strong. God, let the anointing of the Holy Ghost speak to our hearts as we commit ourselves to 2015 and our missions and our building fund. I pray, God, that your spirit will strengthen us today. Touch us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The church say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Let's worship the Lord. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.